What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Start Down. I'm your host, Mike Vicara, and you're probably asking yourself, what is The Start Down? Well, we all know the startup is a great idea or a business that maybe you're just getting going, but I want to talk about what happens when you get to work, and that's what The Start Down is all about. We're going to bring great guests here for you on the show, people who have had massive success, people who are trying to build businesses, and I'm even going to share with you some of my own experiences. And I always say, this is a little bit like a buffet. Take what you need and leave the rest. So without further ado, let's head to the show. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Start Down. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, we are we are coming out here. Now, at this point, we'll be at the end of November, but I'm not going to lie. We're, we're recording this the day after Election Day. You're probably hearing that on like the last three episodes because I did like a binge recording uh, with a bunch of people uh, from Podbroker. I, I think I mentioned that in the last episode. We had Daniel on. Uh, Podbroker.com has been able to meet a lot of great people. But uh, today, I'm excited about these two gentlemen who I have on because they're also from Florida. and We are not the, the butt of all the election jokes this year, so that's exciting. Um, but they are they are from the northern part. I am from the southern part, which are two different areas. But I am excited. But but Lewis and Lewis, I always say this. No one introduces themselves better than you guys do. Uh, so why don't you guys go ahead and introduce each other, and then we will dive right into this. We, guys, we've been having fun for the last 10 minutes, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about on the show today. So, guys, why don't you introduce everybody and tell them a little bit about who you are? Awesome, thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm gonna throw this onto my to my brother. <laughs> Sweet. Well, Mike, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, sexy voice over there uh, is Fonzie. You know, we do have the same name, but uh, you know, we we call him Fonzie. So that's fine. You can do that. Uh, he'll tell you the story. But uh, you know, we're we're two brothers originally from from Venezuela. Uh, we moved here to the states in 2010 to come to school. The dream was to play soccer professionally. Before that. And then we're like, hey, you know, we're not, you know, we these issues happen. So let's use soccer as a way to get go to school in the United States and, uh, you know, uh, showcase our beautiful accent. Um, so, you know, th through that journey, like we never really wanted to uh, work for corporate. You know, that was like we, we never wanted to be in that, that, that environment. I had some friends that did not have a good experience and uh, off our entrepreneurship uh, story started. But uh, but yeah, Fonsi here is the tall, handsome dude with uh, with the beard. And then I'm the, the chubby, small guy without beard. So uh, that, that, that <laughs> in a nutshell, that's who we are. <laughs> Fonsi, I don't know. We love soccer. That's why Fonsi is wearing an Arsenal jersey. I am a Barcelona fan. So, uh, you know, you will see that in, a, in our show every almost every single day. I love yeah, it. pretty much. We're always wearing some some soccer jerseys. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, you know, in the, in the states here, obviously, I'm sure you guys saw. We're not as into soccer as we probably should be, but uh, but it, it's a fun sport. No, we, have, we have the other football, and you guys have the Jaguars up there, so that's a whole other. Uh, oh man, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's not even go there. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's that Mike. It's actually pretty exciting to see how soccer is growing in the states. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know we have the inner Miami club here that's fired up and I know we're going sports, but that's okay. I mean, that, that's been a big, it's been a big thing down here. And obviously you guys being from South America, you know, um, I, yeah. I'm not sure how it is in Northern Florida, but South Florida, we have huge Venezuelans, Colombians, Cubans, oh, yeah. I mean, Puerto Ricans. I mean, we have, you know, it is, it is a very Hispanic area here and I'm a gringo. So I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun, but I enjoy the food much, much, uh, much like you, Lewis being short and fat. I enjoy, I enjoy the food and growing multiple necks, if you will, but, uh, you know, <laughs> love it, <laughs> you guys, and, and we talked about this a little before. I love it, the Biz Bros, uh, and you guys are brothers. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I love you were telling me before we went on air your journey from like, hey, we tried everything, right? Shirts, stickers, content development, click funnels, Nick funnels, you name it, you guys <laughs> done it, and you guys were the yes guys. And I love that because I just did a post on my Instagram uh, about that, about saying yes, right? The things I've said yes to saying yes to too many things. And I think so many entrepreneurs really believe that yes is the key to success, right? Like, yes, and then I'll figure it out or that. Fake it till you make it, right? But you guys, I think, mentioned a little bit. Tell me about that journey to yes and, and how yes has been both a, uh, a blessing and then also something that's really stabbed you in the back multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, it, I never thought about it in that way, but I guess the yes for us at first, it was a, a step that we needed to take just because it kind of like put us in the right path, but it was an excruciating path, if you <laughs> want to put it that way, right? Because we didn't know exactly what to do. You know, like my brother mentioned, we came here to play soccer. 
I honestly never like through my mind, never went the idea of actually getting a job. Since I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a professional soccer player. And when that didn't happen, your identity comes crumbling down and you're like, who am I? What am I going to do now? And I remember in my last year of high school back in Venezuela, we had to do these internships. And I was like, I don't want to be stuck in an office. What can I do? And I picked my internship in this like greenhouse, right? So literally my internship was to water plants and eat mangoes. That was pretty much it. But like once every two weeks, I had to step into an office. And guess what? I was not enjoying it at all. So when my soccer identity came crumbling down, I was like, okay, I know I don't like being in an office because I remember that experience, right? And I don't see many mangoes in here, so I cannot go and sit down and eat mangoes every single day. So what are we going to do next, right? And at that point, we had a big need, right? And the big need was we need money to survive, right? We have our, our parents back home and we want to help them. We want to bring them here, right? And we cannot do that without, without the resources. So immediately, I personally turned into the internet, right? Like many of us do. And I was like, yeah. I type how to make money online, right? Because you see all these pictures of people, which again, is nothing like that. But you see people selling you that dream of, yeah, I'm at a beach working the laptop lifestyle. And I was like, <laughs> I want that. That looks so freaking cool, right? Imagine making money in my underwear, in the couch, fun, fun the fact, house. Fun fact, Fonzie actually have a picture somewhere in the internet where, you know, he's sitting like next to this pool in the apartment complex. It's like, yeah working hashtag entrepreneur and uh, that, that was yeah. like probably like what, five six years ago yeah right now probably took the picture <laughs> well, and then in, immediately in Florida, have you ever sat on a beach or by a pool in Florida with the, the intense sun we have here with a laptop your laptop's gonna overheat in about five minutes like <laughs> yeah so so the, the the picture was actually so we we used to live in the in this complex and we had a nice backyard with like a little lake in the back and I opened I opened one of those like foldable tables I sat outside in the yard, put the computer, took the picture. Five minutes later, I was back inside of the yep. house, like, nah, the AC, man, I cannot <laughs> handle this heat. Um, but yeah, so just to continue the story, what happened was like, okay, well, let, let's, let's figure this out. And I started looking how to make money online. And eventually I came into, you know, certain different things. Online marketing came up, affiliate marketing. I was like, okay, well, let's try it educate myself. And that's when the, the shiny object syndrome just like shine hard on me. And I was like, let me get my hands on everything. Right. And at that point, we also had a roommate, which I, I, I think he was going through somewhat of the same feelings that we were doing. And one day he came and he's like, guys, <laughs> what about we make stickers? And we're like, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Like, that sounds awesome. He's like, the margins are great. It's like it's like ninety percent margins or more, and we're like, sweet. I was let's, like, let's go, let's go, actually go execute, right? Yeah. And then it's like, how do we actually make a sticker, right? Like, <laughs> um, we didn't know what we didn't know, so we started with like these vinyl stickers, and uh, we got the machine, so we we learned how to design it, how to use the software, how to cut them, and then started to figure out how to sell them, right? Like, so that was, that was the interesting part, and then. Uh, I think it was like maybe like two weeks later, we went to this massive, massive conference wait, wait, in Orlando. Wait, wait. One second. I think we realized Before? pretty early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we realized pretty early that you needed to sell a lot of stickers. A lot of stickers for to those make, margins to work. To, to make a, a living, right? <laughs> and I, I think that was kind of like sort of a letdown because we're like, oh, wow, it's not as fast as it seems to be in the internet, right? Yeah. So, you know, through that journey, we're like, hey, you know, let's go to this conference in Orlando where, you know, all these retailers go and let's find out a little bit more about this industry. Right. So, you know, we, we go to this thing and then screen printing section like shows up and, uh, you know, our room is like, man, how cool would it be to do screen printing? And we're like, uh, it will be amazing. And then two weeks later, we get this delivery of a screen printing machine to the house, into the garage. So now we're selling stickers and T-shirts. So now we're diversifying without even knowing what we're doing, trying to figure out the marketing game. So, you know, we would just like say yes to all these opportunities, right? And uh, it was really challenging and really uh, frustrating too because we were screen printing T-shirts. I had a job. So after 7 p.m., you know, till 3 a.m., right? So we learned very quickly that if you, if you do not enjoy that process, it's going to be really yeah. challenging. Challenging and rough, I, I, right? I just want to paint the picture. Imagine yourself in summer 
in mm-hmm. Florida in a garage with no AC, uh, like 90% humidity, and you are like printing shirts. And not only that, add an oven. We had an mm-hmm. oven so you can in the garage the so yeah. we could dry the T-shirt. Uh, so between all that heat in ma- and, and we couldn't let the paint dry on the screens because then we had to start the process all over again. How miserable does that sound, right? Like, Oh my God, yeah. We, yeah, we were very close to hating each other during those processes, right? Yeah. So like my brother said, we learned if we don't enjoy the process, we can move on. It's yeah. totally okay to move on. So right. after that experience, right, we started looking for obviously different opportunities that we thought we enjoyed the process. So every every opportunity, shelter, right? <laughs> absolutely, and including AC. Absolutely. So we're like never again in a garage in Florida with ninety degree weather and ninety percent humidity. Uh, so you know, we we started encountering these opportunities with uh, social media marketing agency because we're learning how to market. How do how do we do this thing, right? And uh, and then people want to add, so we said yes. So we started to learn, and then people wanted the video and. And so we said, yes, we invested in equipment. We started, Fonzie started editing, right? Uh, by the way, fun fact, two weeks ago, he's like, this is like four years after that. He's like, never again, I will edit one video. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to that. But <laughs> but we started editing, you know, events videos. And then we started creating different content. And then we started repurposing content. And like all these little, like different things, email marketing, because that was like what small businesses, the people that we're talking to, is the thing that they needed. Uh, what happened was we ended up with an array of services that we couldn't really fulfill at a hundred percent, right? Like, so we were getting some results, maybe not the best results. Uh, and, and it was getting very frustrating because at the same time, we were not enjoying the process, just like what happened with the t-shirts, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and we were not growing as a business either. Cause at this point we, there, there were a lot of things that we didn't know, right. But we were operating on a, on a freelancer basis. If you want to put it that way, right. Yeah. We didn't have like the, the margins of a business where we could hire a team. We were just, you know, paying what we, we were charging what we needed to survive, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. So, you know, through that journey, it was really important that, you know, we started to, and, and again, like this is not like a month, this is literally three years of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it was cruciating, right? Like, uh, thank God my wife was there and uh, full support. She's like, you're, you're insane. Like, I don't know why you go through all that. But uh, but again, the the want and the and the need, the why is very big, and that's why we continued. And uh, the last like uh, almost two years now is when we started, you know, shifting the the mindset, right? The 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 we we started adopting a little bit more of a growth mindset, and we started listening. We started investing in coaches in in masterminds, and and through there we started to narrow down what we did, how we think, you know, uh, to the point that now we offer literally just one service and through that one service um you know we were able to to grow the company now as a team of eight not just like two of us right and uh and it's been incredible uh especially in in this crazy year that we've had and you know we can we can go in detail into that but that's the 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 quick story right on the all the yeses which at first it got us off the ground right and then after that it taught us the lessons like hey you know you gotta first enjoy the process and then it's like narrow it down so you can actually you know create the systems and create the processes and and a little like tangent here going off of the story that my brother said of the video that right that i turned around and i was like this is the last video edit like i don't want to edit any other video um because i feel like as entrepreneurs we have that need to help others we want to help others we want to see other people succeed right so i think why that's why yeses are so common because we see a problem immediately we want to solve it for someone else right but it gets to a point where you're like hey i'm sorry right like i cannot do this because my focus right now is in this other place and i won't be able to serve you at 100 yeah. and that's exactly what happened with the video right they came to us and they were like hey we need help with certain videos and i was like you know what i think i can help you out no worries and I was like, yes, let's do it. And you can ask my brother. That puts so much oh, yeah. friction in me. I wasn't productive. I was stressed out. And it were like some simple videos too. It wasn't like any well, big deal. But I was like, thing, right? It's not like it's like this complicated thing is going to throw you back. But you guys mentioned a couple of things that I want to dig a little deeper on too. And it's like, yeah, if the passion's not there or the desire's not there, even the simplest task, like even I had the other day, I had like a presentation for a client. And it's like, I knew in my mind it was all in there. I just had to get it out into the presentation. And it took me like mm-hmm. 10 minutes of the presentation, but I probably procrastinated three hours. Like, oh, I'll do this instead first, or I'll do that instead first. Yeah. Um, you guys mentioned that I want to dig in, you know, coaching and masterminds. And I think that's so important because 
it's twofold. And you mentioned through the internet, right? Like, like that idea of stickers and I could watch a video or go to YouTube university as I like to call it and get all the information is free. All the data there is free and you feel like you teach yourself, but you know, what specifically about coaching and masterminds? And if you don't mind telling me which specific ones or which specific coaches you guys work with, what was it about that, that that was so important for you guys to dive into versus just doing the self-teaching? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, you know, and I'm going to explain this with, again, going back to soccer a little bit here, but I remember when I wanted, you know, when I was preparing for a game, I would put on my, my headphones and listen to motivational music, right? Or mm-hmm. I would listen to like some motivational speeches. I remember when I came for the first time to Jacksonville and I was trying out for the professional team, I would go to bed li- listening to Les Brown and I'll wake up so pumped up, right? But guess what? That motivation doesn't last forever, right? Motivation, yep. you cannot really control. It just goes up and down, up and down. And what really creates meaningful change for us, right, was the environment. So when we discovered that, when we're like, wow, look at that, like placing yourself in the right environment with the right people, right, is definitely going to help us out. It's definitely going to help us grow. Even when we are not motivated, even the days that we might not have 100% motivation, we're going to grow because we are in the right environment. So it got to the point where we got presented with the opportunity to make the biggest investment of our life, right? We were following this guy well, for it, a while. It, even before that, right? Like we, and I think this is more of also of a money conversation where it's like, hey, uh, do I really trust myself to invest enough in yeah. this thing, right? So for the first like couple of years of, of the business, that wasn't the case. We're like, man, like let's just like gather as much of information like possible for free. And then, but then you end up with a, a, an array of points of view that contradict each other in a lot of things. Yes. Right? Uh, and and it's very scary because then what happens is like you start questioning yourself because oh, you you cannot time. you cannot figure out what to do or what to follow. Now I remember I think this was the beginning of 2019. What was it? The 10x? Yeah. Was it 2019? Uh, oh, January yeah. 2019. Okay. Maybe. Um, we went down the there to, Miami. to yeah. the one yeah. in Miami, exactly the big one, right? So I remember like we were driving our parents to the airport, and then on the way back to Jacksonville, we see the big, uh, the, the big like billboards, right? And the, and I think the price they were doing for the cheapest ticket was like a hundred bucks. I think it was, yep. I think it was 60. It was 60 a, bucks. Exactly. Yeah, was, like for, for both of us, it was like a total investment, of 120 bucks. And I remember uh, having the conversation for the next four hours driving into Jacksonville about if we were going to pay the 120 bucks to go to this conference and in our heads, right. Uh, the, the conversation was like all the excuses, like, Oh man, like we don't really want to stay with, the, with this family member or like all the travel or the, the weekend, like all these negative things for $120 investment. Right. So at the end of the day, we're like, okay, let's just invest 120 bucks and go. Right. So we ended up in this conference three days, Ponzi said environment, great environment with a lot of people, you know, getting in there, getting in the mix, having great conversations. And then from that event, we invest in, in, in two programs. Right. So I personally see Russell for the first time in that event with Ryan Dice. Uh, to me, made a, yep. bi- a very big impression. Fancy followed him for for a while now. Uh, we didn't invest in ClickFunnels or anything in that in that area yet. But then what we invested in gave us uh, a big personal return. We 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 joined uh, Jesse Itzler's community and it was amazing oh, on the personal I love side. Jesse. Woo, yeah, I Jesse on fire. So the the build your life resume that was probably our first like. You know, three hundred dollar ish investment. We that is the, and not to interrupt you. That is the best course I've taken. I I saw Jesse about yes. six months before, uh, before that event in Miami, and it was the first time I think he just pitched. I was like one of the second groups to go through the BYLR course, and I actually got to oh, see. Man. He was doing like a lot of stuff where like he was interacting with a bunch. So I actually got to talk to him at the next event. I got to meet wow. up with him, which was awesome. Uh, but yeah, that is by far. If anyone's listening to the BYLR course, is the best course. I, I think, if, and and it's so reasonable. I, I don't know what it's at now, yeah. but, but whatever you got to pay for it, even if it's at twelve thousand dollars, it is the smartest investment you'll ever make. I think in personal development. Yeah, well. just do it right. And and what Fonzie said, the environment is key, right? There's a lot yeah. of like-minded people in there, like everybody helping each other, and we're like, wow, this is so awesome. So after that, we invested in in other programs. And then we get to the point where we're following this guy for a long time, right? And we get presented to go to a live event where we are faced with the decision yeah. to make the biggest so, investment. So now ever. each ticket for that event was 500 bucks. So you, you can see how the trend the of the investment, up. we realized, we're like, wow, like we paid 100 bucks for 10x between the two of us, right? 
and look at everything that we got out. Like, imagine if we go now to this other live event, which is a little smaller, right? A little more personal. And we invest each 500 bucks. Like, plus, what, well, we were excited at that plus point. Plus the like, flight, right? Because yeah. this thing was across the country. And, so, I, and I'll share with you guys uh, a funny story about 10X real quick. I don't want to interrupt you guys, but just so you made that investment yourself. I'm from Miami too. And I went and I'm like, well, I'm like, I'll go. But like, I don't know if I go all three days. So I paid, I got like the $49 early ticket. I ended up going yeah. there and meeting, uh, you know, I ended up signing a client in between the time about that ticket. He was a motivational speaker. He's actually Les Brown's one of his mentors, his personal mentors wow. and wrote the forward in this book. But so we ended up, long story short, we ended up, I paid $49 for that ticket. Day one, I think I was up in that nosebleed section. Day two, I was in <laughs> one of the private boxes <laughs> because just from like being there and seeing people and talking to people. Day three, I was on the floor. And then when it closed, I was like backstage at a private party. So it's like, like you said, just paying. Had I not gone, I would have never even got to meet. And and the amount of people I met from being up top all the way down for going to the skybox uh, with, with my good friend and, and one of my clients, Jose. Uh, he's not a client right now, but I worked with him for a little bit, Jose Flores. Uh, and then we ended up on the floor. I mean, it was just, it's like you said, you got to invest in me there and you never know what doors it's going to open. And even the repercussions, I think, from that event are still impacting my business. So I love hearing that. And I'm sorry you guys were there too. Like we, we may have even yeah, loved each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, next right. next time we go to Miami, next we'll time. definitely yeah. let you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but but yeah, you know, Fonzie said like if, through that investment, and again, it's not just the investment; it's the execution after, right? Mm-hmm. Like we t- we took mm-hmm. those lessons, right, and we immediately started applying them. And that's the thing; that's where I think the disconnect is with a lot of people that invest yeah. in different programs, right? Because Sh- let me ask something. Going back to motivation, those events can be very motivational, yeah. and you get the hype. You know, for like the next month, yeah. you're still super motivated, but but then if you don't execute, things go down again. It's a hangover. Yeah. Uh, it's a hangover. Exactly, the hangover. Yeah. So you know, we we kind of grabbed it, and and I think it was like a personal commitment that we did, and we're like, hey, you know, whatever we learn here, and we have a full notebook of notes, and we're like, let's implement on this because it's it's not just the knowledge, right? But let, let's start implementing. So we start implementing with clients. We start implementing ourselves. Um, and to the point where now we're like, see the results, not only personally, but also money wise. And it, it made sense. Right. And then after that, like, okay, the thought process is like, well, we invested in that right now. Can we invest in this person that, you know, the, uh, personally like, well, you, you know, my name's right. Like Steve, Steve Larson, right. We, we met him in the one for way challenge. We're like, man, like we really sync with his message. We really, uh, care about it. And then we ended up going to Offermind, which was his event in Boise. That was the weekend. I actually quit my full-time job. So we ended up in Boise in this conference. Like I quit my job, uh, after getting a personal loan. Don't mind me asking. Sorry, what? What was your full-time job, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I worked for about three years in the fitness industry, uh, running okay. Orange Theory Fitness Studios. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So awesome workout. Uh, <laughs> loved every second of it. But at, at the end of the day, like, bec- like helping Fonzie with with the agency side of things, and that became a little too much. So I had to make a, a decision, right? So you know, I went out there. Um, many people have called me crazy for this, but I'm like, hey, you know, I, I'm not happy anymore in this position. I'm committed to to what the business is 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 doing. I'm committed to what we want, right? So I went out and I, and I applied for forty thousand dollars in personal loans, right? And people are like, oh, you're insane. And I'm like, well, that you know, that's the amount of money that's gonna last me for you know the next X mm-hmm. amount of months, so I can be okay. And you know, that was a commitment with my wife. And uh, she fully supported. And by, by the way, I thought that was, she was crazy by supporting me. I'm like, are you sure? Like, um, and uh, like but she's like, hey, man, like, that, like, me out of this, honey. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. I, was, I was prepared with a pitch and everything. I mean, like, what? Talk, talk about having good support <laughs> systems in place, right? Yeah, so that yeah. another important point, right? And she's like, hey, man, like, I, I, I want my husband back. Like, you're not happy. So if this makes you happy, Let's let's go with it, right? So uh, super appreciative and thankful for that opportunity. So now I, I'm forty thousand, or we are forty thousand dollars in debt, right? Going to this event that we paid a, a thousand bucks just for the tickets, fly X Y Z, right? And we're pitched with this opportunity to join uh, this this amazing mastermind, right? Never ever we thought it was gonna be, you know the price that it was going to be. It was the biggest investment that we've ever been presented to, right? We thought it was like $5,000. Yeah, we, well, we were trying to guess while he was doing the pitch. We're like, oh, like that's like a $2,000 offer. And then it's like, no way. He kept adding things. We're like, no, mm-hmm. maybe 5,000. I think it's going to be 5,000. Yeah. And then he dropped the price. And it was five times that. So uh, <laughs> and we're like, what? So we went to lunch, you know, we, we, we chatted a little bit about it. And, uh, and again, like we, we saw back and we're like, well, we made that investment, we have executed, and this is exactly what, what, you know, 
that, that we made and allowed us to grow and quit my job and like this is producing and it's making you know it's making progress so let's commit right like and and it was very painful like uh, i i remember like the second we stood up on that on the from that table to go to sign the form I, like i was shaking like i i couldn't i could barely write right and we made it like i'm you know we came out with like we worked something out on the payment side of things but because it was painful now we're paying attention right now okay. because yeah. this is yeah so with like if we would have invested a thousand bucks, like maybe it wasn't that painful. So we, you know, we go through it and then, ah, you know, but this thing was like 25 grand and we're like, man, like we really need to make this happen. So we're paying attention. We're executing, right. We're paying attention. So we, we say it often in, in a, in a few of the shows, like we put ourselves between the sword and, and the wall, right. There's no way, like if you want to escape from that situation, you got to move, you got to execute. So we put ourselves in that situation so we could execute. And, uh, since then, uh, the return has been like tenfold. Uh, again, that growth has been incredible because we, we put ourselves in that environment. Right. And, uh, and we started executing and we started applying the, the principles principles and we started, um, you know, publishing, right? That's when we started publishing and everything changed, right? And it's by that action and that environment and, and trusting yourself and investment that everything changed. It's not an easy step. It took us four to almost five years to, to get there, right? And, and I really wish a lot of people can understand that uh, earlier in their journey. It's And I think that's hard. You know, I think that's hard because yeah. even, even, you know, you guys come in the States and, and I know you guys said you, you came here to go to school and play soccer and do all that. And I think a lot of people get into student debt and we could argue college, you know, is necessary or not, but I think <laughs> people take that student debt on no problem, right? Like, like, Oh, 40 grand for student debt. No big deal. You know, I've got 30 years to pay it back, but taking on $25,000 in debt to grow your business, people are like, Oh, that's crazy. Or 40,000. Like you, that, that's crazy. Do you guys think too, that the, you know, and, and I know I'm sure you guys follow Gary Vee and, and all this. And he talks about the immigrant mentality. And you guys said, you know, coming here in 2010 to the U.S. Um, and, and I think seeing how much things have changed over the last 10 years, I think, in, in this market as well from when you guys first got here. Do you think, though, being immigrants and not being from here and, and obviously being from Venezuela, it's much different than it is here. Do you think that's played a role in, in your drive? And as more importantly, has that distinguished you from other people who have, you know, like myself, the gringos that have lived here their whole life that maybe take some of these opportunities for granted. Do you think that's played a role in driving you guys a little bit more? Um, I, absolutely. I think yes, in a sense, because, you know, we grew up in a country that as we were growing up there, opportunities were disappearing, right? Because of government corruption, whatever was happening there in the, in the country, it's still happening now and it's worse than ever. But mm. also, I think we were lucky enough to have parents that were... 100% supportive of anything that we wanted to do. And my brother often says this, right? Like he remembers my dad saying to him, if you want to be a shoe shiner, you just got to make sure you are the best shoe shiner in the world, right? So they're pushing us to do the best that we can in whatever we want to be doing, right? Of course, um, in, the, in the moral compass, right? That we're not doing anything wrong to anybody. But at the same time, they, I feel like they taught us how to be resourceful because we want to, of course, money to go hang out with their friends or buy something. And they're like, figure it out. Right. And we didn't know, like we didn't grow up around the concept of entrepreneurship. Right. We didn't know about any other entrepreneurs that might've built their businesses, but we were like, awesome. Well, let's, we go to this little market right here that they're selling like counterfeit soccer jerseys. Let's buy a few and then we'll go to our school and sell it to our friends. By the way, profit, they, they right? feel and look the same. Like, yeah. Just saying, like we, we had like both of them. And amazing. So yeah, great, the, great opportunity. The great, quality great was there. The quality <laughs> was there. But for us, it was like something natural. We were just trying to solve for us the problem of I need money, right? Yep. We started making CDs and selling them to our friends again. Or I would look for stuff that I wasn't using anymore. I was like, how can I sell this, right? Mm -hmm. and, and just like try to sell it away. And Again, I think we kind of like forgot about that because of the soccer world that we just wanted to be soccer players. And then once we came back to the U.S. and we were presented with the need, right? We had this big need again. I think that, that kind of like resourcefulness. Yeah, that, that, that resourcefulness, I guess, like came out again, right? Yeah. It was like, okay, how do we deal with these problems? How do we do it again? So I did think, uh, I do think the... Um, you know, the way we grew up and the way we were raised by our parents helped us, you know, for yeah. the future. But I do not think it, that is necessary. I think that is something that it, it can be learned. Right. And I don't I think, yes. yes, I think the, the willingness 
right? The willingness to move forward and do something. That's what's going to make people, okay, yep. let, me, let me let me start acting. Yeah, I, I do think that, you know, we, we live in a wonderful country now, right? Like uh, United States of America is the, is the country of opportunities, right? If, if it's going to continue to be that way in the next four years, we'll see. Uh, I really hope so. But uh, um, but a lot of people grow up with like everything from for granted, right? Like uh, for us, like security was not granted. So we had to like look over our shoulders every single time, right? Like in some neighborhoods, water is not, you know, the, the available, right? Even right now, like our family, I remember like uh, about six months ago, we had to call them because they had no water. And we're like, hey, let us like pay for a truck of water that comes to the house and delivers the water, right? So when you grew up in a country like this one, that everything is like that in, in middle class or, you know, again, like I'm, I'm, I'm generalized. Yeah, the abundance. Abundance the like there, yeah. is there, right? Like um, I think to develop that skill may be a little bit more challenging, right? You got to be like more aware um, and then make an actual effort to do so. Like, in, and then if people, whenever you, you talk to people that come from third world countries, that's how you do deal with it every single day to kind of uh, figure it out. You know, how do how am I going to make this happen every single day? Right. So and, I think that that helps. And I think there's an argument that the punches in the mouth are you, you can take a punch a little bit harder than I think somebody who, you know, with that abundance here, like you said, you're, you're willing to adapt. OK, we've got to pivot from the stickers to the shirts to the to investing in the course. You guys move maybe quicker on that than than, you know, like I said, someone who hasn't or whatever your struggle is. Maybe it's being an immigrant. Maybe it's that you feel, you know, you, maybe you have to have that failure in business like. You know, I always said mine was I was never a good student in school. So it's like that was always a cloud over my head, you know. Um, that being said, too, and I said I'd say before we're on air, you guys mentioned your parents. You guys mentioned uh, that you, you we got Lewis and Fonzie, but you're both named Lewis. How is that? You know, listen, I had a hard enough time convincing my wife to name one of the kids, Michael. How the heck did you guys get, get to both be named yeah. Lewis? Yeah. Well, secretly, mom was uh, she she's a secret marketer, so you know she knew from the very beginning <laughs> we were going to be doing it. Now, there was a business yeah. plan ahead. <laughs> I, I will add this: it was for me. I'm the I'm the the younger brother. It was very beneficial to have the same name <laughs> as my brother, yes. uh, especially coming here for college. And yeah, you can yeah, imagine, twenty one right? and older. So, so there is an older younger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I was paving the way and then Fonzie would be like, hey, what's up? No, yeah. but, but really, you know, my, my, my dad, uh, he, he, we're the, the sons of the second marriage of my dad and everybody oh. on the first marriage side of things is Mario. So our grandparents are, you know, our granddad is Mario. He's Mario. Our older brother is Mario. Our sister is Marionette, which is a French name. Uh, my brother's first son is Mario. So when my mom came along, she's like, enough, enough with the Marios. We're actually going to start a trend with the Luises. Now, what happens is Venezuela, uh, your full name is two names. So your first name and your middle name. So my full name is Luis Daniel. My brother here is Luis Alfonso. That's why we call him Fonzie. Uh, okay. uh, growing up was never an issue because, you know, we were uh, we're like three, almost four years apart. So yeah. we never had the, the same group of friends. But then here... Uh, living together, same group of friends in college, you know, now working together and, you know, having the same clients, uh, it became an issue, especially when we go to events, live events, they think uh, there's an error in the system. So they literally delete one of us. And there's like, so we have to bring our receipts every time. We're like, I, I swear. Oh, man, like, you guys should well. buy like one ticket and then to say, oh, I lost my land. You're going to go get another one. <laughs> <lacopy> <laughs> it's worth yeah, like, you whatever, know, $150 more, more for the second land year, dude. <laughs> Moral, moral compass. Uh, exactly, yeah, but, uh, exactly. Uh, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> it would totally be easy to do that, right? And like, have okay. I'm gonna put it this way, right? Have yep. I had that thought before? Absolutely, Absolutely, right. Especially in the early stages of making an investment, right? Where like, oh, well, us two with the <laughs> same name, right? Like, let's just pay once and maybe do it. But at the same yeah. time, you know, is it's kind of like that golden rule, like $3, like you want to be treated. And I know if I had an event, I wouldn't like that be done to me. So but sometimes the necessity ma makes you have those those thoughts in your mind and you have to overcome that as well. So let's let's dive in on that because I know you talk about, you know, moral compass, core values. I think it's huge in business. I, I talk about that all the time. Um, and now, especially in the space you guys are in with digital marketing and digital content, I mean, and you guys know because you've been in this world and, and obviously you've attended the conference. I mean, when it comes to digital, the divide of what people know versus with, especially with digital marketing, digital advertising, things like that, there's a big gap of knowledge, right? So when you hire somebody yeah. and and more importantly, you guys know there's no college degree for the digital market. I just had <laughs> on a previous episode, a gentleman over in you know the UK, we talked about the same thing. 
you know, and it, and I've been the victim of this where I've invested in the wrong people, right? Paid a lot of money. And especially with COVID, right? Like we've had clients that needed to adjust their contracts and we had the, the hardest people to deal with. And, you know, we said right away, yes, absolutely. Because our moral comments is if you're struggling, we don't want you to struggle anymore. We're going to we're gonna help you guys out, whether it's a reduction in fees or letting them out of their contract. But the hardest people for us to get out of our contract with were the digital marketers, right? They were the ones that, that gave the biggest fight back because they were like, yeah. nope. You signed a contract. Nope. You committed to an ad spend. Nope. You got to do this. Uh, big, big and small companies. So how, how have you guys fought that? Because you guys seem to have a very good grasp on, on, the, on your moral compass there. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's a superhero effect that we see behind you guys. Or what it is, but <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about, about that. Yeah, I, I'm going to lead with a story that I'm not very proud of, just, just so you know. Okay. But okay. it wasn't always like that. Right. I mean, and my brother can attest to this, right? Like I did it. Let's talk about environment again for a second. I wasn't surrounded by the best type of people, my first few friends here in the States, right? That I made. And unfortunately, like it's not like I committed like crimes like that. But yeah. you know, I would go to Walmart and I, I they have like um like a hot bar at Walmart and I would eat while shopping and then I wouldn't pay for my food, right? So like that moral compass hasn't always been there, but mm. as the experience grew, I was like, you know what? Like that is not right. Like I, yeah. I got to change that. Right. And coming into the internet marketing space, I started noticing that quite often, right? People mm. selling the quick message. And I think it is easy for people to go there because internet marketing deals so much with, you know, behavior, human behavior and human psychology that is, Literally, what you're learning sometimes is how to influence people for them to make a decision that you want them to make. Yeah. So those are principles that are very dangerous if you use them in the wrong way. And a lot of people take advantage of that, right? That being said, and I actually heard, I, I want to give credit to George Bryan that we had him in our podcast not too long ago. And he said, you know, like I disconnect from my client's results, right? And I, I think that is key in a sense because- Sometimes we attach too much to them. And if they fail, we feel guilty. Look, the moral compass right there is you have to do 100% what's in your power, right? right? You, you got to give them the yeah. tools and the resources for them to succeed. But the succeed that they have is at the end of the day up to them, whether they execute or not. And it's not a magic wand, right? Because I've seen that too. Products, how you handle leads. Yeah. I mean, we've generated leads for clients. Hey, want to generate leads? Great. We generate leads. Follow up. No, I'm going to get to them. Leads go cold. Yeah. Oh, or, or digital marketing yeah. doesn't work. At the product sucks, right? Like, and that's always yeah. that's always such a struggle. So you know, we have a lot of Mike, sorry, sorry. Let me. Let, yeah, I want to something to you. Like, I want to add here a little for people to visualize this a little analogy, right? And, yep. and I like going to a gym, right? A gym has all the tools for people to succeed and for yeah. people to either lose weight and, or get ripped, whatever your goal is. But there's a big percentage of people that go to the gym and they still fail, right? So there's there's always going to be a percentage in any business yeah. of clients <laughs> that, that, that are going to fail, right? But the thing is, you as a business owner... Your goal is for you to be 100% there for a client, have those relationships, yeah. give them the tools and the resources necessary, do everything in your power to make them succeed. But again, just disconnect yeah. from, from that result in a sense. So, you know, and that being said, you know, obviously we have an entrepreneurial audience here. And, and I think with COVID, um, a lot of people have maybe ventured into entrepreneurship or businesses are finally realizing, hey, you know, I can't, I can't go to a networking event. I can't do bus stop advertising much because people aren't out their home. I need to do digital marketing. I need to do digital advertising because less people are going out. Let, you know, more people are, are wanting to be targeted that way. How do you hire a digital marketer though? How do you know which, and I, and I ask this question to everyone I get in this space. So, you know, how okay. do you know how to hire the right person? What questions do you need to ask to make sure, Hey, you know, I'm not throwing my pearls to swine, if you will. Um, you know, that they're going to the right place that it, that it is going to be a fruitful investment. Absolutely. And that, that's such a great question, right? Because, you know, we, we've gone through this too, like, you know, in our own business internally, um, but we're, we're huge on publishing, right? Like that's when everything changed for us. And, I, and I'll tell you a story, right? Like we, one of our services before, like we really niched down 
was what we do now. And we, we were in this table sitting with a bunch of business owners. And these guys, uh, that, that was supposed to make it or break it, right? Like we were like, this is for sure. Like, the, you know, we've came through referrals and, and we're in this this room showing the presentation. Hey, here's what we do with content. You know, you create like this awesome piece and then um, we can go ahead and repurpose it. And this is how you distribute. And, you know, this is organic, paid, whatever. And uh, they're like, oh, this is like so cool and beautiful and everything. But, uh, you know, where's your content? <laughs> We're yeah. like, oh, man. Uh, and at the time, we had nothing like published, like no organic, no like uh, nothing, like nothing. And, and Fonsi also deleted everything from our Instagram account because, you know, with all the previous fresh, tries. Fresh start. <laughs> yeah, she's like fresh start. And we're like, man, like, there's like zero posts. And, uh, and that was a really like, that was a big gut punch. Right. And we're like, man, like we had the trust from referrals. We had the trust for, from personal relationships, but the second they looked online and they saw nothing out there, all that trust, boom to the floor. Yep. Right. And that, like that didn't, that didn't happen that like we couldn't close the deal because of that, because there was no information backing up what we were doing. So we're like, okay, that day we made a commitment to go and, and start creating content, right? We're like, okay, you know, we're, we're preaching content, right? Like we have awesome client results. Like they're happy. They have like all the, all the feedback, all the stuff is, is working out, but we need to do it ourselves, right? Because then we don't want this to ever happen again. And, and that's what, what we did. So how do you hire your marketer? Well, go back and see if they actually, you know, practice what they preach. See if they actually, if it's a Facebook ad agency, like what is the proof of concept? Like not only their clients, but like themselves, are they using it themselves? So what happened with us was we started creating uh, one Facebook live a day. We committed for 45 days because we wanted to measure consistency. We're like, we need to be consistent. So we have, and you know, we can deep dive into it, but it's, it's a mix between the, your message, you know, your your consistency, your capacity, and then how do, how do you scale that? Right now, you know, with our system, we publish more than a hundred different pieces of content every single week, wow. adding to the podcast, right? And it's because we practice what we preach, like this is what we do. So, and that's the exact same product that we sell uh, to our clients. And so now when people come in and they're like, what do you guys do? We know exactly what we do. This is the very specific problem that we solve. And if you want to see how we solve it, go back and look at all our content. So now people can indoctrinate themselves, can learn about us, about the personality, about the business. And we're fully transparent there. Like we're actually going to release episode 100 very, very soon talking about exactly how we create the podcast and how do we repurpose the content. Like there's no secret that everybody yeah. can do it. The separation is execution. So with digital marketers, that is very easy to hide behind a screen, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't really, you don't really know who's behind it. I want to be able to trust that person or that company that's out there. How do I trust them? Well, by different content or, you know, yeah. it's very easy to fake it on a meeting, but it, are yeah. they being honest? Are they being transparent with it, with their content? So to me, like that's one of the first places I'll go. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to add a little something there. You know, it's, I think you can be in front of the best marketer in the world, right? But you can feel to if that is the right relationship for you. It might not be a good match for you personally, right? So I think getting to know the person so you can actually talk to them and see, you know what, this is going to be a good fit. Like I can feel it. It's going to be a great relationship, right? That is something that we've learned, especially through the podcast. Like relationships are so yes. key. Again, so I wanted yeah, like I so, wanted to be the marketer again that I was in my underwear sitting in the couch and be like, yeah, making money without having to talk to anybody. Guess what? It is not like that. And yeah. the more relationships we build, the more quality relationship we build, the more, the better we feel, right? It just feels amazing. So that I would add to that, right? Like what everything that my brother said, I stand 100% with, but also you better listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen to your intuition, right? Like Am I comfortable working with these guys? Because if you're not, there's going to be friction in that process. And, and I think that content thing is so important. You know, it's funny. Um, and I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on this. I had a client that's like, man, no one's no one's liking our company page posts. No one's following our company page posts. And they, and they kept getting frustrated with that. I said, listen, you have to be more front and center. You have to be out. You have to be doing that. They're like, why? And I'm like, look, I'm going to show you something. I went to Gary V's page, right? And pulled up his Instagram page. And he has like, for every post, I think he's got something ridiculous, right? Like 34,000 likes. And da, 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 da. <laughs> so, you know, and we all know Gary V has VaynerMedia, which is his company, right? So then I went to his company page. And his company page post had like maybe 100 likes, 200 likes, 300 likes per post, you know? 
uh, maybe 2000 on a post that was really good, but the disparage was huge, right? It was like 90% less on the page, on the business page. Why is it, and you guys are doing this, like you said, kind of eating your own dog food, you guys being the biz bros, why is it so important as the owner of a company or a leader of a company to be front and center, to be out there and be a voice and be putting content out versus just, you know, if I own a restaurant, well, I'm, I'm posting pictures of our dishes and our specials on our page. Why is it important to be front and center as a business owner? Yeah. I mean, people connect with people, right? <laughs> it's, you got to have that attractive character. And is the, is the only way to build trust, especially, you know, we come from pre-social media. It was a world where big companies were the only ones that had the pockets to share their message, right? And how would they share their message? Not by sharing the, the CEO talking and building relationships, on, you know, in the media, but they had, it was just commercials, playing commercials. Yep. So I think now transitioning to social media, which it's a huge opportunity for everybody mm-hmm. right if you go to that that those type of commercials you're pretty much telling them everybody kind of like i don't really care about the relationship i just want you to be you know be a right. customer of mine but the fact of you putting yourself in front of the camera sharing stories being vulnerable and transparent right yeah. that just creates the deepest bonds of trust that you can have with anybody, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Not, not, not only that, right? Like it's a, it's a change in perspective around content, right? Like, uh, yeah. Everybody, like it, you, you could tell, like if they're super top of funnel, we're like, oh man, content, they, they will focus on the likes and the, the comments and whatever, right? Like we literally don't see, uh, <laughs> like we're like, how many downloads do we have in the podcast? We have no idea. Like we, we check it maybe I'm like saying, once yeah. every two weeks, <laughs> right? Like yeah. same thing. Uh, or, or like, a hundred pieces of content. How do you actually track a hundred different pieces of content every single week? Like we, we cannot, like there's a system, but like, I'm not going to be there every day. Like how many likes I got. Right. And, and it's like, for us was the change of perspective on like, how can I utilize the content as a vehicle first to build relationships? So just like we're doing with you, Mike, like after this right, conversation, that's how it's happened. I kind of, I kind of was getting around with you guys on one of your posts, you know, I think that's, exactly. that's how we, it was, that it was just based on it. And if you didn't post that, that 99 pieces of content, we may not have this great moment, you know? Exactly. Like two, two days ago, we were invited for uh, to a TV show here locally, right? And that never happened if we never ever post this. And and the post that he saw, because I, I asked him, like, which one did you see? Like, what's the message that you saw that I, that I'm very interested? The thing had like two likes, but what that percent? <laughs> like that presented the opportunity for us to be on TV. Now, guess what? We also did Instagram stories on TV. Now everybody's like, man, like you guys are on TV. That's so awesome. From like <laughs> one post, I had two likes, right? And now we have also a relationship with that studio. So. I'll give you another example with one of our clients. Uh, These guys are a $200 million company, real estate company. They own a ton of property here in Jacksonville. They do turnkey products. And the only strategy that they decided to to go for at the beginning of this year was a content strategy. Guess what? The CMO was investing about 80 hours per week. Sorry, 80 hours a month. Sorry, 80 hours a month trying to create content. So he was walking around and recording all his employees like, hey, give me how cool like this, this is. And like, he was annoying the heck out of his 80 employees, right? Like, uh, and we we saw that real life. The employees were like, thank God you guys are here. Uh, and uh, what we did is like, hey, let's uh, let's create a show, like simple. Like we like at that point, we were at that point where like we were creating shows like together with our partners. Right now we work with people that are already creating content. But at that point we're like, hey, Greg, all you need to do is four hours. And he's like, four hours a week? John, I'm like, no, no, four hours a month. Like, that's it, right? So so through that show, he's able to bring in amazing people and again, change perspective, use your content to try things out uh, instead of like being all perfect. So he brings like Chamber of Commerce, like the major of the city, like leadership people in real estate. Now he makes amazing connections through that platform, right? That could deliver in X amount of business in the back end. But through the content, now he's, producing it and he's launching all that micro assets to the audience guess what that audience now joins the community which is like we started with zero people now they're about to hit 2000 uh real estate very like engaged yeah, fans. Uh, fans right that they see a live show and then they have a Q&A so Greg the CMO is that person that kind of runs the show with another host and and they answer all these amazing questions guess what their sales with the audience not this is not counting back end relationships have more than doubled in less than one year right. they sell houses through the internet it's incredible what they've done and it's because of that trust factor it's like because they're being open about their business model they're being open about the information and now people trust 
faster, right? In, a, in an age where it's very easy to hide behind that screen and just like throw information out there, right? Now, now people want more. They want to like research you, right? And we've had those experiences with our own content, right? We we get reached out by people like, man, like I've listened to the like the last 50 episodes and they probably know more than we do about ourselves. <laughs> and they're like, you said this and you said that. And, you, and we're like, oh man, why did I say that? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> but, 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 but it, it, it's crazy because we call them the silent watchers, right? There's people there that don't engage, that don't like, but they also make decisions and you might be impacting them as much as a person that clicked that like button, right? And uh, the other issue is the safety net uh, effect that content can have. Like as you produce, that content is going to live in the interwebs. That is my phone. Uh, you can continue that. <laughs> well, the safety net, as you was saying, right? Like you're building, you're putting all this content out there. So then when people want <laughs> proof that you exist, right? That what you talk yeah. is true. They're going to go and visit your profiles, right? And that's where right. all your content and, lives. Yeah. And it's not like one of those people that like just attended an event and, and, <laughs> and got the book and they're like, oh, I'm going to go online and throw out all the cliches and start teaching. It's it's just, it's that consistency, like you said. And I think it's it's mm -hmm. the historical record. Like you said, I could say I've been doing this for 10 years and the proof's there on social media. It's going to be a bigger win. Well, guys, listen, you know, I think, uh, and that alarm made me look at my clock. I think we could probably do, you know, there's two of you. So this is a lot of work. There's two Lewis's for the price of one. We could probably do a, a part two of this episode, but um, guys definitely want to have you guys back on again in the future. Um, really, really appreciate this before I go though, but before we close this out, um, you know, once again, humbled uh, that you guys took the time, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your transparency. I really want to thank you guys both for that. But if people do want to learn more about you and, and, and look at that hundred pieces of content and, and start to become <laughs> super fans, where do they go to learn more about you guys and how do they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best way is uh, the podcast. Uh, they can yeah. go to the Content is Profit podcast in every single platform. Uh, we're happy to connect also on social media at BizBrosCo. Um, uh, you can see all the content going out there in LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, DM us if you have any questions. Happy to connect. Happy to yeah. chat. We want to build relationships, so feel free to send us a message. Yeah. And if you want a little gift, you can also go to contentisprofit.com and we have what we call the minimum Bible content cheat sheet, which is literally the framework that we use to build consistency because mm -hmm. at first we were struggling with consistency so much and until we were consistent that's when everything changed for us i love it and there's a uh, there's a big orange button there correct <laughs> that's a big, big orange. orange button that's <laughs> that orange theory connection i don't know we'll save that for the next episode but guys um, uh, yeah, maybe we'll see you'll never know maybe, maybe we'll never know <laughs> All right, appreciate you guys being on again. Thank you for listening. I appreciate everyone out there who's listening. Uh, more episodes like this, startdown.com, and I will see you on the next one. Thank you, Ryan and Robbie on the team on the back end as well for all your hard work. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode of The Start Down. Once again, I'm your host, Mike Vicara. Make sure you visit me at mikevicara.com where you will see links to all my social media where I'm bringing content like this every day on how you can grow your business and your personal brand. Once again, new episodes dropping every Tuesday, so make sure that you guys like, subscribe, and share the podcast so that you can keep up with what's going on. Once again, appreciate you guys tuning in. I will see you on the next episode of The Start Down.